safe drivers save up to 20% with insurance. Get a quote at AAA.com slash insurance. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, everyone. And welcome to Let's Talk. And again, we're going to continue to um, go with the teaching on how to read the Bible for all it's worth by Garden D.P. and Douglas Stewart. The topic that we're talking about is called The Epistles, Learning to Think Contextually. The authors start off by saying, We start our discussion of the various biblical genres by looking at the New Testament epistles. One of our reasons for starting here is that they appear to be so easy to to be so easy to interpret. Stop, side note. Money I'm I usually open up with a prayer. I don't know where or what I was thinking. But, Lord, I ask that every word that comes from you through me and through the authors, that it's pure and it's purified, that will pierce the hearts and minds and souls and thoughts of every individual that's listening to the teachings. And that these teachings that have gone forth is to help your children, your people, to have a deeper relationship with you. Because we are in the end times, and we have a lot, a lot of false prophets who pretend to be children of God. I ask this in Jesus, Yeshua's name, Amen. Let me continue. One of our reasons for starting here is that they appear to be so easy to interpret. After all, who needs special help to understand that all have sinned? Sinned. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. That the wages... The wages of sin is death. Romans 6, chapter 6, verse 23. And that by grace you have been saved through faith. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Are the, are the imperatives walk by faith, I mean, walk by the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5. Verse 16. And walk in the way of love. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 2. On the other hand, the ease of interpreting epistles can be quite deceptive. 
deceptive. This is especially, this is especially so at the level of hermeneutics. One might try leading a group of Christians through 1 Corinthians, for example, and see how many are the difficulties. How is Paul's opinion in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 25? to be taken, at God, taken as God's words. Some will ask, especially when they personally dislike some of the implications of this opinion. And the questions continue. How do the excommunication of the brother in chapter 5 relate to the contemporary church? Especially when he can simply go down the street to another church? Good question. What is the point of chapters 12 to 14? If one is in a local church where the gifts of the Spirit mentioned here are not accepted as valid for the 21st century, question, how do we get around the implications in chapter 11, verses 2 to 16, that women should wear a head covering when praying and prophesying? Or the clear implication that they do, in fact, pray and prophesy in the community gathered to worship? Hmm. Inquiring minds want to know. And the authors, Fee and Stewart, have picked some very common and practical scriptures that people in the body of Christ has questioned and has challenged many, many times. I myself have challenged the teachings of some of these ministers that have taken this, these scriptures and totally twisted. I will continue to move forward. It becomes clear that epistles are not as easy to interpret as it is often taught. Thus, because of their importance to the Christian's faith, and because so many of the important hermeneutics I'm sorry, hermeneuticals issues are raised here, we are going to let them serve as models for their extra-genticals and hermeneuticals questions we want to raise throughout out the book. And so now the authors start to get into um, explanations, and we're going to talk about the nature of the epistles. The author start off by saying, before we look specifically at 1 Corinthians as a model for exegeting epistles, some general words are in order about the whole collection of epistles. All the New Testament, Testament except the four Gospels, Acts, and the Revelation. First, 
it is necessary to know that the epistles themselves are not a homogeneous lot. Many years ago, Adolf de Misman, on the basis of the vast Paris discoveries, made a distinction between letters and epistles. I'm going to go over this one again. Made a distinction between one letters, two epistles. The former, the real letters, as he called them, were non-military. That is, they were not written for the public and posterity, but were intended only for the people or persons to whom they were addressed. In contrast to the letter, the epistle was an arististic Literary, literary form or a specific specimens of literature that were intended for public for the public. Demisman himself considered all the Pauline epistles as well as two and three John to be the real letters. Although some other scholars have cautioned that one should not reduce all the letters of the New Testament to one or the other of these categories, in some instances it seems to be a question of more or less. This distinction is nevertheless a valid one. Romans and Philemon differ from one another, not only in context, but also to the degree that one is far more personal than the other. I like this. Again, a lot of people have struggled, struggled with these questions, and I'm thankful that these authors have broken it down and have, give, has, have given key points as to what the difference are between a letter and an epistle. Moving on. Oh, okay, I'm sorry, let me, I lost my place. But also to the degree that one is far more personal than the other, and in contrast to any of Paul's letters. Second Peter and First John are four more like epistles. And what did they say epistles are? Epistles are writing to someone particular um, in reference to a person. It wasn't meant for the public apostrophe. I'm sorry. Posterity. But it was meant for that particular person or persons. Moving on. The, 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 I'm sorry, guys. The, the, the validity of this distinction may be seen by nothing. The form of ancient letters. 
just as there is a standard form to our letters, date, salutation, body, closing, and signature. So there was for theirs thousands of ancient letters have been found, and most of them have a form exactly like those in the New Testament. The letter of the Jerusalem Council in Acts um, chapter 15, verses 23 to 29. The form consists of six parts. One, name of the writer, which was Paul. Two, name of the recipient, which was to the church of God in Corinthian. Three, greeting, grace and peace to you from God our Father. Four, prayer, wish, or thanksgiving. I always thank God for you. And then the body. Final greeting and farewell. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. So you see how they broke that particular um, epistle down, or should I say letter down, as to Paul, how Paul was addressing the particular church at that time, which was the Corinth. Moving on, the authors went on to say, the one variable element in this form is number four, which is, which in most of the ancient letters takes the form of a prayer, which almost exactly like 3 John 2, or also, I'm sorry, or else is missing altogether, as in Galatians, 1 Peter, Timothy. Although at times one finds a thanksgiving and prayer, as often in Paul's letters. In three of the New Testament epistles, this thanksgiving turns into a doxology, which comes from 2 Corinthians, Ephesians, 1 Peter, and Cliff Notes, Revelation, chapter 1, verses 5 through 6. The authors continue to go on to say, it will be noted that New Testament epistles that lack either formal elements, 1 to 3, or 6, are those that fail to be true letters. Although they are particularly epistolary and informed, Hebrews, for example, which has been described as three parts, track and one part letter, was indeed sent to a specific group of people, as chapter 10, verses 32 to 34, and chapter 13, 1 to 25, make clear. Note, especially the letter from, um, the letter form of chapter 13, 25, I'm sorry, 22 to 25, yet chapters 1 through 10 are a little like a and are in fact an ectologue homily. I'm sorry, an eloquent homily in which the argument as to Christ's total superiority, superiority to all that has proceeded is 
interpreted with urgent words of exhortation that the readers hold fast to their faith in Christ. And the chapters for that, chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, chapter 3, no, yeah, chapter 3, verses 7 to 19, and then chapter 5, verses 11 through and chapter 6, um, 20, verse 20, chapter 10, and then 19 to 25. Indeed, the author himself calls his word of exhortation in verses 13 to 22. Moving on. The authors went on to point out that 1 John is similarly similar in some ways, except that it has none of the formal elements of a letter. Nonetheless, it was clearly written for a specific group of people. 2 7, 12 to 14, 9, I'm sorry, 19 and 26. And looks very much like the body of a letter which all the formal element shown off. The point is, it is not simply a theological trustee for the church at large. So what he, if you understand what I was saying, in a nutshell, the authors broke down the letter that Paul was writing to the Corinth church or and the different letters he showed, he was basically saying that this letter wasn't to address any church at large, but it was dealing with these particular churches when he spoke or these particular people in the churches. Moving on, James and Second Peter both are addressed as letters, but both lack the familiarity, final greeting, and farewell. Both also lack specific addressees, as well as any personal notation written by the writers. These are the closest things in the New Testament to epistles, that is, tracts for the whole church, Although Second Peter seems to have been called forth by some who were denying Christ's second coming. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. James, on the other hand, so completely lacks an overall argument that it looks more like a collection of sermon notes on a variety of ethical topics than a letter. Despite this variety of kinds, however, there is one thing that all of the epistles have in common, and this is the crucial thing to note in reading and interpreting them. They are all what are technical. They are all what are technical called occasional documents. They are called occasional documents arising out of an intent for a specific occasion. And they are 
all from the first century. Although inspired by the Holy Spirit, although inspired by the Holy Spirit, and thus belonging to all time, they were first written out of the context of the author to the context of the original recipients. And this is clear, because you have people always arguing about was everything interpreted through the Holy Spirit. And as the authors have addressed that, that everything was, the letters of the, um, the epistles were written, but they were written for special occasions of things that were happening in the churches at that time and with the people. And even today, we can still take those same letters that were addressed to those people in that time in the first century to what is applied now because sin never changes. Which this sound is saying, sin is dark. Moving forward with the study. The authors went on to say, above all else, their occasional, occasional nature must be taken seriously. This means that they, are, they were occasioned, are called forth by some special circumstance, either from the reader's side or the author's. Almost all of the New Testament letters were occasioned from the reader's side. I'm going to read that again. That's a very key point to think about. Almost all of the New Testament letters were occasioned from the reader's side. Again, these letters were written and addressed to a particular person or persons and for occasions that were taking place in the different churches. Philemon and perhaps James and Romans are exceptions. I'm going to read that again. Philemon and perhaps James and Romans are exceptions. Usually the occasion was some kind of behavior that needed correcting. So these particular chapters of the Bible, Philemon, James, and Romans, we're dealing with people's behaviors and correction or a doctoral, doctrinal era that needed setting right or a misunderstanding that, that need further light. Most of our problems in interpreting epistles are due to this fact of their being occasional. We have the answers, but we do not always know what the questions or problems were, or even if there was a problem. It is much like listening to one end of a telephone conversation and trying to figure out who is on the other end and what that unseen party is saying. Yet, in many cases, it is especially important for us to try to hear the other end so that we know what our passage is a response to.
This, this is, is really good. good. Moving on. One further point here. The occasional natural of the epistles also mean that they are not first of all theological treaties. <coughs> nor are they summaries of Paul's or Peter's theology. There is a theology implied, but it is always task theology. Theology begins written for are brought to bear on the task at hand. This is true even of Romans, of Romans, which is a fuller and more systematic statement of Paul's theology than one finds elsewhere. But it is only some of his theology in this case. It is theology born out of his own special task as apostle to the Gentiles. It is his special I'm sorry, struggle for Jews and Gentiles to become one people of God based on grace alone and apart from the law that causes the decisions to take the special form it does in Romans and that causes judification to be used there as the primary metaphor for slave for salvation after all the word justified which predominates in Roman 15 times and Galatians 8 times occurs only two other times in all of Paul's other letters 1 Corinthians um, verses 6 through 11 and Titus chapter 3 verse 7 Thus, one will go to the epistles again and again for Christian theology. They are loaded with it, but one must always keep in mind that they were not primarily written to expound. Christian theology, it is always theology applied to our direct towards a particular need. We will note the implications of this from hermeneutics in our next chapter. Give these important preliminaries how, the, how then does one go about the extra Jesus or an informer exegetical reading of the epistles from here on. We will proceed with the case study of 1 Corinthians. We know not every epistle will be like this one but nearly all the questions one needs to ask of any epistles are raised here. And I'm going to stop with this particular reading, and then we'll just continue on uh, next month. I want to end in prayer, and I do apologize. And I know sometimes these words can be tongue-twisting from my tongue, but please hear the severity of what the authors are saying and teaching you with knowledge and understanding of how to read the different uh, books of the Bible and understand the time, understand that these letters are epistles, understanding that it could be, could have, some of them could have been written for a person or persons. Some of them were dealing with, when he addressed with the letter, he was addressing, excuse me, a particular congregation as he broke down 
um, the different books that he was writing to, and then he started, um, the author started to expand, explain or expound on Christian theology. So this is all very important for a learned student, a follower of Christ, a believer, to understand what the apostles or were trying, or what Paul in these particular letters were trying to, to convey in the Word. And the Bible says, study to show yourself approved. And if any of you want to purchase this book, it's called How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth by Gordon D. Fee and Douglas Stewart. And I want to end this um, podcast by saying, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this time. We thank you that to show I'm human and your children are human. But those who listen to the studies, let the Holy Spirit empower their thoughts and their mind, their hearts and their spirit to grow to receive the truth of the Bible and allowing the Holy Spirit to bring insight, deeper insight into the letters, the epistles, and the Christian theology. Have a great night. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's. Everyone stay safe. Everyone stay safe. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.